Hey yo, welcome back to the You Good Homie podcast, episode eight. We uh, in this episode we talk about our experience growing up and living as a minority uh, in North America and how we celebrate being different, being ethnic, uh, growing up, and what we do currently. Uh, we have a special guest on this episode. Uh, his name is Jay. Uh, you can check him out at twitch.tv slash jrpt and as well as his socials. Uh, this conversation was, was with him was super fun, so make sure to give the homie some love. Hashtag Mental Health Mondays, hashtag clocked in. You know what it is. Uh, make sure you guys also follow our Instagram at ugh.podcast to interact with the questionnaires we put up before every episode um, so we can include uh, your guys' views in the episode because that's always fun as well. Um, just a reminder that we are on other platforms as well as Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, um, Podbean, and YouTube. So um, make sure you guys check us out on all of those platforms. But uh, other than that, make, I hope you guys enjoy the episode and hope to see you guys next time as well. Take care of yourselves. Hiya! You guys there? Get it. All right. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the You Good Homie podcast. Oh. Episode whatever the fuck this hey, is. <laughs> Episode hey, eight. Yo. Sheesh. Let's go. Uh, before we get into <laughs> hey, before we get into the topic, uh, let's introduce our special guest, who is this handsome man right above me, uh, Mr. Jr. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. Go. Let's go. Yo, yo. Thanks for being on the show. JR, do you want to introduce yourself and uh, what you do? Absolutely. And... Yeah, thanks, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Go <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm just so excited to be the, here, man. I'm the floor is yours, sir. The floor is yours. Thank you, friend. Thank you, friend. Uh, yeah, hello again. Uh, my name is Jay. Uh, JR, the part-time gamer. Um, I am a streamer on Twitch. I focus on mental health advocacy as well as uh, being politically active, um, holding space uh, for, you know, trying to be an ally uh, to other people of color and within the BIPOC LGBTQI plus community. And uh, frankly, I just like, I just like to, you know, talk, talk, and <laughs> just get to know people and listen and yes, go from there. Yeah. Thanks again for having me, y'all. Again, hey. love what y'all doing here. Hey. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Uh, we appreciate uh, we appreciate all the guests that, that come on. You know, it's uh, pe I'm pretty sure people get tired of just us three, just talking yeah. shit. So, an extra <laughs> an, an extra an extra voice to talk shit with is all is always welcome. Is always welcome. <laughs> so, episode eight. What are we talking about today? So basically, I mean, we we're kind of like we're a little bit confused on what to like topic this it was it like being an immigrant um ethnic experiences asian hate i mean since we're all mm -hmm. i guess non-caucasians we're all part of a visible minority <laughs> yeah <laughs> non-caucasians wait shout out to my caucasians <laughs> and non-caucasians hey, <laughs> anyways so we just wanted to talk about like what are our experiences of being um like an immigrant or or not part of the majority so being a minority in mm. a predominantly 
white, predominantly conservative space. Because conservative. Because um, I, I I don't know if 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 this is okay after the fact. Like Jay, if if, if you don't want us to dox your state, then then let us know. But um, no, totally fine. So us three, me, Jason, and Ronald are all from Alberta, Canada. And Jay is is from Texas in the U.S. So mm-hmm. yeah, Alberta and Texas um, have. Sorry, go ahead. It, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Al- Alberta and Texas have like something in common. Is they're both like considered really conservative, really white yeah. uh, places. So mm. we just wanted to like um, highlight our experiences growing up in in these communities and kind of like. Mm share some experiences of maybe how our ethnic backgrounds were like suppressed or whatever <laughs> or mm. how we celebrated how we're them how we're <laughs> <laughs> exactly I'm a filipino I, yes yeah. sir i'm coming out <laughs> hello kuyas and atis <laughs> Hey guys, you... Filipino American. <laughs> <laughs> yes sir so so i, I guess uh, just to disclose our kind of ethnicities so <laughs> mm-hmm. i am filipino and jay is filipino and ronald is filipino and then jason my man is mexican let's go everyone here is asian except for myself so that's why we couldn't do asian hate because we wanted to include myself in the conversation uh and like for those of you who do follow like the ugh podcast or just myself on instagram i was like talking about like uh asked a question about asian experiences because i'm not asian i can't talk about lived asian experiences but uh yeah uh this podcast would be mostly uh filipino uh experiences and then i guess one hispanic uh, latin american experience as well uh and you know we talk about our experiences in terms of like uh our ethnic backgrounds so you know we are people of color but we don't necessarily have the same experiences as any other ethnic backgrounds but hopefully maybe some of our experiences might be similar to yours um growing up in a primarily uh white uh like place or setting uh and hope you can resonate with some of our words Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of like, I think that's what we said in the first podcast. Like, we our experiences are not going to be exactly identical, but hopefully, it kind of like encourages people to reflect. So, mm-hmm. welcome to episode eight. Hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, make sure you guys, if you haven't, listened to other episodes as well. Um, so, the first question on docket today is uh, kind of like an icebreaker. So, what is your favorite dish from your homeland? Um, Let's go with Jay first since uh, he's the guest. Okay. Oh, guess first. <laughs> Mr. Jay. <laughs> oh, man. I'm under pressure. <laughs> he's oh, on. Hey. Uh, um, man, I. It's funny, like, everyone always says lumpia for Filipino food. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go with an un. I- I'm not going to say it's a bad choice because, one, I love it. And, you know, it's my favorite food. Uh, yes, but. Uh, I'm gonna say kare kare, uh, oxtail, mm, That's a yeah, good one. Oxtail with the peanut butter sauce with the bok choy. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the bogle. Oh, the spicy, oh the spicy shrimp paste. Oh, yo, it hits. <laughs> it hits. Mm-hmm. I'm here for you. <laughs> I, uh, I apologize to all those people who are allergic to peanuts. Can't uh, yeah, without the tea. Kare kare. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> huh? Huh? Peanuts without the tea? Say that again. <laughs> Uh, shout out to everyone who's allergic to peanuts without the tea. If you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, oh my god! 
Uh, I guess I'll go next. I yeah. think uh, I think my favorite ethnic dish, probably because I eat it like really really often, is sinigang. Like just mm, goaded. It's like the baseline. Like in my opinion, the baseline soup next to adobo. I feel like adobo is just a lot harder to get into because it's just like it's a darker soup. It mm. tastes a lot more different than regular soups. Whereas sinigang is a much more mild and just kind of yes, mm-hmm. you know it's 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 a it's an intro to Filipino stews, soups. I don't know. I don't really call it a soup because you don't really eat it like as your conventional soup. Yeah, but it's yeah more like a stew. I would agree. It's like more like a stew, right? Yeah, like yeah. Because yeah. like, you treat yeah. Oh, go you ahead. You almost call it like a sauce. Mm. Just right. catch up, just like. Oh. <laughs> hey, uh, sorry. Let me. Uh, we're eating fries. Sorry, let me just get my uh, sinigang flavored. <laughs> oh, your banana ketchup goaded, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. banana ketchup is really good. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, uh, that's like my favorite personally, just because it's like it's it's super basic, and you can just eat it with whatever, and it's just like it, there's you can't go wrong with sinigang, right? It's like Mm-mm, if it's, no, it's if it's there, you'll you'll eat it. Right? So yeah, yes. that's my favorite personally. Uh, for me, I mean, speaking on adobo, I actually had adobo for dinner, so, <laughs> but, uh, that's actually, uh, I think for adobo, it's like super hard to get tired of it because it's, uh, like you have it a lot and then like, uh, but for me, my kind of favorite dish is another stew. It's nilagang baka. So it's kind of oh, like, damn, um, I've never had that. Oh, you have, it's like a really, um, I don't, I don't want to compare it to pho, but like, it's kind of has that same vibe where it's like really homey mm-hmm. something you have mm-hmm. on like a like a super cold day and it's just like mm. really hearty meal um mm-hmm, so it has mm-hmm. like um beef bones um you can put potatoes uh i think it also has bok choy um but basically Sometimes you can put yeah. tripe in it too right yes yeah, like, sir yeah 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 um so basically i think nilaga just means boiled so it's like a boiled beef bone and you just put all the shit in it it's, it tastes so good yeah jason yeah uh one of my favorite dishes uh is a dish called chilequiles uh, i think when Vince, mm-hmm. we went to the jam cafe yeah we went location. to jam cafe yeah you, you saw what it looked like right so, yeah uh, I was talking about how like, cause that that cafe is like a it's it's like a Caucasian cuisine kind of like place, right? And so they have you know ethnic dishes, right? Like we talking like oh wait, you, wait, like, pause, pause, you pause, like foreign pause, tortillas wait. type ass? <laughs> like what what we talking about with ethnic? You know? <laughs> no, I, I I was even shit talking to the rest of it before we got in. I was like I just like. I was saying how like I, I really miss having chili kids. My mom used to make them all the time. Um, but like I guess I don't know. I guess we just ha- I just haven't had it in a while. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? Even if it's not good, it at least satisfies the craving. And they they actually over delivered. They did a really good job at um mm-hmm. at making chili kids. So basically, it's like I guess like fried or like uh, uh corn tortilla chips basically. And then they have either red or green sauce uh with some like chicken uh like vegetables. I know some onion in there. Uh, and they give it's like a breakfast item. So it can be served with like an egg okay. or refried beans. Uh, I usually have it for dinner, even though it's like a breakfast item. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think it's pretty goaded. Another thing I love is like pupusas, which is a, it's more of a Salvadorian dish, uh, not Mexican. Mm-hmm. But uh, literally, I think a lot of Latin Americans eat that eat that shit all the time. It's literally just like flour, and then it's either cheese, pork, or zucchini, or like one of one mixer of three or separately, and mm-hmm. it's served with like vegetables and sauce, and shit's mm-hmm. good. Uh, and it gives me bubble guts, but it's 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 hey, yo, yes, the sorry. bubble guts <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Worth it. Straight to the <laughs> toilet. <laughs> mm. 
Praying for, praying for my life, bro. Fighting demons. In the <laughs> fighting bathroom. for my life with that shirt over you. <laughs> hold, it on, hold it on to that toilet seat for dear life, bro. Fully naked, only <laughs> socks on. <laughs> and I'm yeah, sweating. You know, it's, you know it's bad. You gotta lift the whole fucking shirt up and shit because you gotta <laughs> lean back. You got like half a sock on, bro. Because you're struggling. <laughs> so hopefully oh, that question made you guys hungry. Um, but the next question. Say. <laughs> yeah, me too, just say. It did for me. I'm about to ask for a break, y'all. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. Snack break? Snack <laughs> break? Uh, so the next question is, when did you realize you were quote-unquote different? So this could be like a negative or positive experiences based on not, or based on being like a minority. So maybe mm -hmm. an experience where you were treated differently based on your ethnicity or your skin color. Um, I'm going to start going in reverse order. So Jason, you can go first. Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> it's funny because like with this episode, <laughs> Uno, because, reverse. We rush, like, because we were rushed, this episode was like part of one I was least prepared to answer. <laughs> but no, okay. I, I, I answer to the best of my ability. Uh, honestly, like um, I went to, I went to private school for the majority of my, my younger years. Um, so mm -hmm. I was, I think in grade three to grade 10. So it was a majority, a majority of like my youth was in private school. And so predominantly, uh it was white because it was like the the private school was kind of run by a uh a lot of the staff were members of a certain church which that church was predominantly white so the staff was caucasian a lot of students were caucasian uh a lot of the like hispanics and latin american people were like constantly suspended so like in order for me to i guess like fit in i had to be uh like an academic and also just be very like stoic and cordial all the time um mm -hmm. and so i actually didn't realize that this was like me kind of not really embracing myself because uh not that I was ever ashamed to be Mexican, but I never would really like uh acknowledge anything about me that was Hispanic or Mexican in general. Like I would not uh I would not claim it. Which like to me I didn't really see as a problem, whatever. And also like I just never practiced my native tongue either. So when I went to McNally, um and I think that's when I met like uh Vincent Ronald, like I was surrounded by a bunch of Filipinos and like <laughs> uh which was like the first time I think I was like surrounded by like people of color and like um i, I would say this like me mexicans and filipinos are they're not the same people but we do have same colonizers and we do have a lot of similarities um so i think just being in that space just a big difference of like actually having people that relate to your experiences at least a little bit um was nice like yeah uh i think just switching schools to like a predominantly like just you know caucasian that like white is white like white out blue <laughs> music <laughs> so like you know just everyone wants to be and so you think you dance kind of uh a group so you think you can <laughs> abdc abdc yeah abdc was, was a big uh a big culture shock and <laughs> yeah like taylor swift what is it love story whatever the fuck Periodics. oh my god <laughs> <Periodics>. <laughs> uh, yeah that, that was uh that was yeah that was like a that was like a, like a big culture I shock know. um I also noticed that and another thing I just kind of want to pull up is that um, and I don't know if you guys experience this in like your own culture like or maybe within other Asians because I, I noticed a lot of Latin Americans they are hostile towards each other like uh, so I know like Salvadorans don't like Mexicans uh, people from Panama don't like people from El Salvador or whatever they're just like mm -hmm. they talk they talk shit about all, their, all the other like Latin American <laughs> countries um, and one of the things I talk about with some of my Salvadoran friends that a lot of a lot of Latin Americans can agree that they all fucking hate Mexicans. <laughs> like, uh, so, and that, and that was something that I did experience because I remember, like, being just growing up. Um, what is it? Uh, there was, like, there was one experience where I went to, like, a camp and, like, there was this, like, young kid who obviously I, I didn't know, I'd never met. And I don't, I don't, I didn't, uh, communicate that I was Mexican, but he just went up to me and he was like, 
is Salvador is better than Mexico. And like, I was so thrown off. I was like, what the fuck? Like, who, who says that, right? In hindsight, like, uh, he was a young kid. So obviously that wasn't an original idea. That was something that, uh, that was a behavior that was modeled by someone older, whether it was like a, like a grandma or like a grandpa or like a friend who told him to say that. Cause I didn't tell him I was Mexican. Like, you know, he just kind of came up to me. And I, I remember um, another experience. Like I remember I got in a fight with this, like this, like this one girl. Cause like, uh, I was like in, in drama class and like I had to leave early for something. Right. And she got upset. Like, I guess she just took it personally that I had like a personal life outside of school. And she called me like, you Mexican. And she like called me Mexican as an insult. Like she called my race as like an insult. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, you felt- yeah, you know what I mean? Like that's like, that's, that's like, it's almost like using my race as a slur, which is like, Hey man, like there's nothing, nothing wrong with me Mexican. Yeah, like it, imagine slur. if I just went to like, Vince was like, Hey, you boy. <laughs> like it, 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 it's such a weird, it's such a, it's a weird uh, way of insulting, and like um, that was something I, I kind of noticed, like the the in group discrimination amongst Latin Americans. Because yeah, I, I experienced that like with microaggressions with white people. Because like I noticed when I talk to white people, they're they're trying very hard not to seem racist. So like they sometimes when they say something, it's usually out of ignorance, and like um, usually like we have a conversation like, hey, just don't do that. It's you know whatever, but. For I feel like with other Latin uh, Latin Americans, like sometimes we're like, hey, I don't give a fuck. They're just like, fuck these Mexicans. <laughs> and so uh, sometimes it's funny because I talked about this in my Instagram story way, way back about um, what is it? I, I experience more hostility between all Latin Americans than I do white people, which is which is kind of weird because for a lot of people it's totally different. So a lot mm-hmm. of people uh, receive hostilities from from white people, like the colonizers, right? Um, <clears throat> which is uh, which is yeah, I that was like a kind of experience like in private school where I kind of learned like, hey. You know, be, me being Mexican was a uh, was a little bit was a little bit different. Mm. Oh, yeah, and like um, you know, uh, I am also also I usually a an actual minority in some of the groups I am in. Like even if I am a person of color, I know Vincent Ronald can attest to this. Like usually <laughs> I'm the only Mexican in the group. Yeah. To a point where like if we make Mexican jokes or Mexican dishes, they all mm. look at me. Like that that's how <laughs> a minority I am in the group. Um, but yeah, that, that that's all I really have to say. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't talk about the other day just looking at jason hey yo <laughs> what would you rate what would you rate this out of 10 <laughs> i guess i could i oh, guess man. i could go next um so <laughs> when did i realize i was different so definitely in the workplace so i, I would say like the people in the in like my workplace um mm-hmm. is diverse so it's not really like predominantly white or whatever but the difference is the culture isn't really so you can have a lot of diverse people but if they feel the need to like assimilate into this kind of uh, workplace culture which is predominantly white so for example um for hangouts after work or or when we're celebrating something usually it's only one place and that's going to the pub and and like getting a few beers and i'm like i hate beer so i'm just like just but just to like not because everyone gets it right so just to not like feel left out uh i get one anyway and then i just feel shit after exactly bro and uh and and also they they also like to um talk about and play golf and i'm like bro this is like this is like really boring for me right so i don't know it's just like uh, not a lot of conversations about like um you know uh like where did you come from or um like how did you grow up like uh how did you get like your kind of like your immigrant story not in a way that's like you know how white people are like 
oh, where are you really from? Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, so more in like not having genuine conversations about like, like mm-hmm. how people grew up and stuff like that, and 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 I feel like that's kind of important to get to know people and and uh, get to know like how they work, um, how they interact with other people and stuff like that. Um, and also a lot of the conversations people have just like small talk uh center around um like like superficial things like what they did on the weekend what what housework or yard work they did or how their mm-hmm. kids are and i'm like I, and it's not really um more of like a like a cultural thing i guess it's more of like a like the age gap where i don't really feel like i fit into the culture but i kind of have to uh try to fit in yeah. Um, you can't take your your Filipino Canadian yeah. um uh, background exactly. to your workplace. Like, yeah, exactly. You're just out of place. No, I, I get where you're coming. Yeah, because so, yeah. so for for example, mm-hmm. if if people are talking about like how their weekends were, and, and they're like, yeah, you know, you just went to uh went to the mountains with the kids, or someone's like, yeah, I just had a barbecue. What am I gonna say? Yeah, I had a I watched a Manny Pacquiao fight with like fifty other people in the house eating lechon. Yes, bro. sir. <laughs> Yo, we all chipped in for that paper. We all baby. chipped in. <laughs> Dude, that's a it's a community. Like, it's a community. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dude, it is, yeah, it's no. like any Manny Pacquiao fight was like a Filipino major holiday, dude. Yes, sir. Then, <laughs> holy, dude. So like people run out to the streets when he won. <laughs> and now he's running for president. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, that's besides the point. But yeah, that's that's kind of like my story there. Ron, thanks for sharing. Yeah. I think I'll go next. Uh, I think I realized when I was different like when I was younger uh like so me and my brother before we got like kind of like our before family kind of stabilized out we uh we actually hopped around houses a lot and uh while my parents were saving up for the first house uh they had to work like really long hours and so me and my brother were really really young so we had to be put in daycare and uh you know daycare is not usually for like I guess there are some welfare programs where like daycare is accessible especially in Canada but Back then, it was a, uh, it was a, it was a little bit more for you know white children, and so it was pretty much me and my brother being the only colored kids in a like a predominantly white kind of like daycare system, and so I think I was in like grade school at the time, probably like grade one or two, and uh, like me and my brother would always like constantly tell our moms like, like constantly tell our mom like don't send us to school with adobo don't sell us to don't send us to school with, like sinigang don't send us to school with like any of like the filipino foods because the kids will the kids are just like oh like what's that smell or like oh like what the hell is that and mm-hmm. like me and my brother were just like mom just please make us fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or <laughs> and the hot dog sandwich like that yeah the lunchable the lunchable the hungry the hungry man the hungry man and he, <laughs> hungry man that shit was so <laughs> gross the, the fucking mukalina's microwavable lunches bro oh, oh no, god no. that's the thing I, yo that's the thing oh. i actually had a lot in private school that shit it's yeah. so bad. It's objectively bad. And if you like Lebecalinas, you hate flavor. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> so bad, bro. Like, okay. I'm gonna add on to that. Oh. I think if you like that, then you think mayonnaise is spicy. All right. Oh, fucking, fight oh, man. fucking fight me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just like when I realized that our food wasn't widely accepted, that's kind of when I realized I was different. I think uh it wasn't pretty much it was never really the color of my skin or anything like that i think it was mainly the food 
where it like mm-hmm. kind of clicked for me where I was just like, man, I am different from these kids. Your cultural yeah. uh, things that come with, with your yeah. culture. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And like, you know, Manny Pacquiao fights, but. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> National day, bro. But yeah, that's, uh, that's like, that, that, I think that experience just kind of set into motion that like growing up Filip- Filipino Canadian is going to be hard, even though I was born here and mm-hmm. like. I've just I've been raised in Calgary, so it's just like I think at that point I knew I was just like yeah, um I'm fucking Filipino as fuck. Pinoyako, <laughs> Pinoyako. <laughs> Thank y'all. Uh, it's so awesome. Like I always love being able to hear a different aspect of y'all's histories and stories, and uh, just how y'all uh, weave it together. So. I just want to hold space for that first off and just say thank you. Um, And thanks again for having me on the show. Um, I guess to answer the question, it's funny because I live in Texas now, right? Um, I was born in the Philippines. I moved out, but my family emigrated here to the States when I was like a year old. So I've always actually identified as a New Yorker, first and foremost. Like I've always identified more as an American and as a New Yorker more predominantly because going to school, going to public school, um, I actually didn't have any Filipino friends. Like all my friends were, all my friends were Colombians and Mexicans and like Puerto Ricans. And, you know, we'd always go to the park and, and play ball or like, you know, we'd be hanging out on the sidewalk cause someone's Tito's like playing dominoes and shit. So we're all like just chilling. <laughs> Um, and that's, and, and, you know, like it was cool because my parents didn't want me to leave the house because my dad was such a racist. Like he, that, that I'm going to answer that. I'm going to add to that in a different question later on. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but it's funny. Cause like, I always knew I was different in that I was not Spanish. I was not black. I was of color, but I was not of their color. Right. Hmm. Um, and I think the difference, uh, I, I've always known that, but it was, I never saw it as like a negative thing. It was just something I always accepted. Right. And then um, it wasn't. And so uh, I was at a point where I was going through some stuff in my life where I ended up moving out. Uh, I moved out of New York to Oregon to live with my sister to finish high school. And um, the, it, it was a culture shock was is the least like I don't know how else to say it like but it was so crazy because I went from literally the bodega to fucking target you know like I just don't know how else to describe it uh and um Zellers. The town, yeah the town I went the town I ended up living in uh finished high school in it was a uh, it was called you know it's a suburb of Portland uh, which Portland is a very liberal city, right? Yeah. Um, but I was in the suburbs where it was still like the biggest thing to do in town was watch the high school football team play on Friday nights and like Sadie Hawkins dances and poodle skirts were worn unironically and shit. Like, you know, and, and for me, I realized I was, I was prized as an asset not so much as a human being, just because like, for one, I'm like dark enough to be exotic, but not dark enough to be a fucking threat to society. 
And like the most dangerous thing about me is my New York accent versus mm -hmm. like the fact like, yo, I'm actually trying not to be violent. Like, you know, cause I did have anger problems. Mm -hmm. That's a different thing. Um, <laughs> but I think like, yeah, I would say my difference is, I guess growing up, I always felt like, okay, differences can be celebrated. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was 15, 16, when I started getting stopped by cops and sheriffs just for like walking home, for being judged differently, uh, being ostracized by teachers and like these microaggressions I faced from other teachers or even when they meant well, right? Because there's so many times, especially in high school, going to a mostly white high school, you know, oh, someone's like someone has lyrics to like a rap song that they related to. Oh, well, let's have Jay read them because maybe Jay has rhythm, right? Like, or, hey, Jay, what do you think about what happens in this story with what happens with Chinese students? It's like, I don't fucking know, bro. I'm Filipino, mm -hmm. first off. Wrong Asian. Second, yeah. like, I'm not even, I don't even consider myself Asian. I'm a New Yorker. Like, I could tell you all about bacon, egg, and cheeses. I can't tell you about cultural pride and shit. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't until I became an adult that uh, I actually started to, I've actually started to, you know, be proactive and 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 uh, start to learn more about my culture and history as a Filipino, and, and to develop my own sense of love and pride for it. Right, mm -hmm. but uh, it's taken a while to get to do that on my terms. Yeah. So yeah. So so the next question is, um, how have European beauty standards affected beauty standards among people of your race so I, I guess i can chime in first here and uh i can touch on uh i think viv actually had a comment or or responded I, I to our story her. i had a feeling it was her yeah 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 so so um <laughs> she mentioned that for for asian people it's actually like that you know like how we want to light like whiten our skin and, and all that stuff yeah, apparently yeah, yeah. It, it's not um it's not uh it doesn't come from like European beauty standards. It's actually, like more of like a like a class thing. Yeah. In 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 Asia, like it's colorism. Yeah. How? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. How people of how people of like status, like rich people, don't really have to work in the fields, so they're not exposed to like sun, so their skin doesn't get darker, and that's kind of like the goal mm -hmm. that people attend. Like they want to appear rich, so they want to have more whiter skin. But mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, so. Thank, thank you, Viv, for kind of like educating us. Uh, that yes, sir. We always um. appreciate like uh, uh, people giving us information. So thank you. But I, f I feel like that's still kind of um, rooted in uh, like how I kind of thought of it was, you know, uh, and this might be wrong, but this is kind of just kind of like my thought. But like the Fili the Philippines uh, colonizers were. Uh, and I might be missing one here. So first it was the Spanish, yeah. then it was uh, the Japanese, and then it was like the American. So it's like yeah, three peoples of like really light skin color um, that asserted their kind of like superiority over us. And we kind of just like uh, wanted to become or gain that power. So we kind of wanted to become like them. And that kind of just like filtered down over the years, over the generations. And... I think it's getting a little bit better now where people, uh, where Filipinos who are a little bit more darker skin, darker tone are, are like embracing their beauty and rightly so. Um, but I, I think it's still very prevalent in the media where a lot of these like beauty products, these like 
whitening soaps, these lightening like skin products are still promoted. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I know my parents are always like uh, looking for those like products still <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> for, yeah, for themselves. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so I, I, I think that's kind of like what I had to say on this. Um, I was actually going to comment it because I know a lot of people refer to Filipinos as Southeast Asian instead of just Asian because like that's because Vivian obviously spoke and, and we're just kind of talking about like Vivian's comment or like her information bubble about yeah. her East Asian experience right but I mm -hmm. we, and like I was going to mention that like yeah like Philippines were colonized by by Spain that's like you know what I mean so because um, maybe your like your lived experience was definitely of like trying to look more white more Caucasian, yeah. right? Because yeah. that's that's what your colonizer are. But for her, her East Asian experience for lightest skin had nothing to do with the actual white. It had to do with the <coughs> class and then being in shade and the, the, hard, the hard workers were darker. So like, you know, when people say like all Asians are the same and all look alike, like, no, like you have different experiences. Like, you know, um, you like Filipinos, you could argue that like, you know, maybe your beauty standards are definitely white centric, but you know, obviously Vivian spoke for her experience, right? And so yeah. I think a lot of people kind of just group Asians as all one group and like they're all the same. But like you guys have different lived experiences uh, that make you guys who you are. Um, yeah, exactly. Right. I think, I think that's that, a good point. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. And um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut off. I just want to add in real quickly. I agree 100%. And I, I just love what I do appreciate is uh, Jason, like you even brought this up earlier, right? Like you were talking about, oh, like El Salvadorians and uh, your story with like, oh, El Salvador is better than Mexico, right? Like, just because you identify as part of, you know, a bigger uh, ethnic group, that doesn't mean it's a monolith by any means, mm. right? Mm. And like, we even see it in politics. Uh, you see it in politics, you see it in, in so many other walks of life and culture, right? Um, oh, just because you're Asian, like you should know what they're going through, or you just because you're Spanish, you know what they're going through. It's like, no, that's not the case. I had a Mexican restaurant and a Colombian bakery around my block, across the street from my bodega, who was owned by a bunch of other Colombians. And that doesn't mean that they were all the same fucking place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> like, no, it's... Yeah. <laughs> Like even the Columbia Bodega and the Columbia Bakery, guess what? Two different fucking families, two different groups of people, right? Like, and um, but it's I I I also want to acknowledge, like, yeah, I understand that as humans, it, it makes it easier for us to categorize things and try to classify. Um, but I think with that, uh a lot of I think what I'm hearing through the subtext and what I feel is uh correct me if i'm wrong it, it there's always that subtext of um the bias right that comes yeah. with it whether yeah. it, whether we mean it explicitly by by people being virtue signaling or even if it's people that are going uh that are trying to be that are implicit like they don't mean to but it comes out that way right like i was talking about oh when people are asking me oh hey what do you think about so and so forth you know like that kind of deal mm. but yeah yeah they need your opinion because you're like the token asian in the room <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm the, yeah. Uh, you know, I was like the token brown guy. Like, it was <laughs> yeah. a high school with 600 people. And it's funny, when I moved to Oregon, it was myself, my twin sister, and my brother. And we increased the Asian population by, like, I think 60%. Damn. And we were the only three actual full-blooded Asians. Like, there were other Filipinos, but they were half American. And, and you know, like, to me, that doesn't matter. But, you know, it's uh, they're more ethnically ambiguous and more like white passing or like more, I guess, 
you know, when you fetishize like Asian women, like they're light skin and then, you know, they don't have the, the Filipino nose, but they yeah. have the Filipino skin, yeah, and, you know, yeah, yeah. like that kind of deal. Right. Like it's, it's fetishized in, in like yeah. a really creepy way. That was something I actually <laughs> yeah. wanted to commentate and I'm sorry. I know like I'm trying to, we're also, tr also trying to speak and answer the question and don't worry. Yeah, I was <laughs> Uh, <laughs> me too, me too. Uh, this is the idea because I know a lot of people, and I, I think I, I, because I made this comment about the whole TikTok values, uh, East Asian beauty standards and European beauty standards, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, mostly because they value that whole like, uh, like light skin, right? And so you know, uh, and this, I don't know if this is considered racism or maybe considered more of shadism, but I know a lot of people because that algorithm, uh, it values people who look young. Uh, and I, I remember watching a bunch of like documentary video if I was people who have no blemish in their skin who have a very light skin So a lot of times you see a lot of East Asian with light skin and um, and white people in the platform right to a point mm -hmm. where like no one if, if a black content creator like makes like something that's maybe just something good or someone who just has melanin in their skin like in general like won't actually receive as much virality as the people who just film themselves looking at a camera just bouncing like this Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I mean, and not to, not, 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 to throw shade, not to throw shade because you know I never want to discredit anyone's talent or discredit anyone's work, but like it obviously does play a role, and it's like mm -hmm. you know we don't people don't really don't value melanin at all. Like I remember like I was scrolling through my reels and everything, or just like my uh, my TikTok, and I was like complaining to my my partner, and I was like. Is there anyone with melanin? Like literally, I mean, just see like, like the whitest of whites on my 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 on my reels. Like, I, it doesn't make any fucking sense, right? And then like I I kind of read about it. How like yeah, like that that's like a big controversy in like the whole TikTok and reels um, algorithm is that they're not really valuing people of uh, dark because this is what what beauty is. And some people like who are uploading content on those whole reels and TikTok really are are not talented. <laughs> Sorry, like, you know, like, I'd rather watch a, duck, a banana duck to a wall than watch some of them, some of those reels. Like, it, it's, it's, it's really, it's pretty bad, but you know they're there because, like, they appease yeah. the standards, right? And they're being rewarded, not because of the work they put in or just, like, them being human or just, like, or them being themselves, but they're being rewarded for uh, looking a certain way and then you're yes. only valued if you look that certain way. And just to answer the question, like, um... I know when I visited Mexico and I was talking to like my my grandma and like uh, it's cool because I got to meet some of my cousins right and my cousins like they look a lot like me like they look so much like me <clears throat> they look so much like me that even I can recognize that they look like me. The only difference is <laughs> is that you know because it's Me it's, Me it's Mexico and it's a lot hotter hotter there and they're always in the sun they're just like a lot more darker than I am. <laughs> oh my god, is he getting so loud? Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> they're a lot they're a lot uh darker than I am, right? And I, I know my grandma made this joke and she was like saying, like, oh, like, um, what is it? Why can't you be as beautiful as your cousin who's like lighter? And so she's referring to me, who was like a little mm -hmm. more fair skin, right? Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. My dad was like, Oh, she's just joking, right? But I was like, and to me, who was like study development of psychology and all like and like all that shit, I, I was like triggered. I was like, yo, <laughs> you can't say that to those kids. Like, you know, yeah. it's gonna ruin their fucking life because yeah, like it's fucked up. It's a roast, right? It's a roast, but it's like, you know, and mm -hmm. I remember she made this comment where she was like, uh, you know, maybe I'll 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 date a black guy for fun, right? As like, you know, it's like the I don't know, it's like the not not the first choice, whatever. And like I kinda just like stood there and I was like, what the hell is going on? Like what <laughs> like I was so thrown off. And yeah, like just seeing mm -hmm. like even in Mexico, like that beauty center of like being late and like um I'm not sure if like lighting products skins is prevalent there, but definitely like um 
I'm not gonna say the word because it sounds similar to the N word, but they they have this word in Spanish because like our, our our word for black just sounds like the N word, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's susceptible there, but just to not get like rule of YouTube, I won't say it. But they basically just call them like you know black, like that's that's what they call them in mm-hmm. Spanish. If you drunk trying, they just call them black, right? As like that's the nickname they have received because they're just darker, or they're moreno, like they're just like you know more yeah. darker, darker hair, whatever. And so it's like it, that that's considered a roast, right? And like. I, like my parents obviously explain like, oh, is this a joke? But I was like, ah. and like I don't want to be like, come oh, like you know, this is the wrong way because I feel like that's also very white of me just to do that to like you know be corrective with how they they present. But yeah. I was like, damn man, like I hope those kids don't grow up hating themselves and compare them to me because like I'm more like white passing or I'm just like team white skin, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Like, um, yeah, like that was that was where I was like, oh fuck, this is kind of kind of it's kind of messed up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, go on, go on, Ronald or anyone else. Uh, yeah, I think I get add on. Um, I think uh, like dealing with it on kind of like a smaller scale, and I think um, I know Vince can attest to this. I don't know if you've had the same experience, you are, but like, has your mom ever told you like, oh, like do this to the bridge of your nose? Oh yeah, bro. And it'll make your nose <laughs> more pointy. <laughs> yeah. I think like just like the standard of like having a pointy nose and like using skin whitening products. Um, definitely. I think, in my opinion, is very much influenced by Eurocentrism and mm-hmm. those standards of beauty. And uh, it, it's it's kind of crazy to see. Uh, even like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Vince, the Filipino word for black is a dim, right? Yep. Um, and like when Filipinos use it in that context, they're not, they're really not usually talking about the color black unless it's you're like specifically saying it they're usually referring to like it's a like a derogatory term yeah, yeah and, and it's and it's they use it as a derogatory term so even just like like even having any of those characteristics in like filipino culture like just being a little bit more dark-skinned or being a little bit more brown or just looking darker looking um just is looked is frowned upon because people are like oh like you look at them so it's like damn like that mm-hmm. it's 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 fucked up and it's it's almost kind of like right it, it's cut it's colorism in a way i don't know if it's necessarily racist, but it's, it's definitely it's it's definitely a microaggression and then a color and colorist in it like in it in a sense um i, I think like growing up like me personally sorry these guys are going crazy but um i think in my in my experience when i was younger like always being so insecure about my big nose and like me and my brother laugh about it all the time. We call ourselves the big nose brothers all the time because we know that we have a huge ass fucking nose. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> like growing up and thinking about like which uh, like what even in high school, like what girls thought was hot and what girls seemed as like attractive and like especially in our kind of like our Canadian American culture um and those kind of standards of beauty i was always like man i gotta i gotta get a fucking smaller nose man because this shit's just plopped in the middle of my face and (laughs) like i gotta i gotta stop going out in the summer and looking so dark because people are like oh man you're looking hella brown right now and i'm like damn i don't want to be brown you know what i mean and i think just growing up in those kind of um like environments um especially when it comes I, I know i relate a lot of things to romance but especially when it comes to romance and even just making friends and like relationships in that form um it, it's harder it's it, yeah it, it's it's harder to relate things to important. other people and it's and it's harder to you know it, it it's harder to see it's 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 harder for people to look at you based off of first glance 
You look too ethnic and fob to be beautiful, and so for they value less, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they value for your beauty or like how you look as opposed to who you are as a person, and it's really degrading. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know that is more prevalent in like uh, for women as well, like for just women mm -hmm. in general. Yeah. But yeah, like honestly, just like not being like Caucasian, and like it's like oh, you know, he doesn't have, they don't have this. Like it yeah. sucks because it's like. I shouldn't have to weigh my value on just how I look. You know, it, it'd be nice just to like be able to like uh -huh. exist and be like, yeah, I, I'm, I can breathe and just, you know, touch grass. <laughs> I, I don't know, whatever I'm the fuck. Person, bro. <laughs> yeah, person, yeah. So I, I can imagine it's like very humiliating. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, I can't, uh, I feel so strongly to that, y'all. Uh, I remember just even after graduating high school and just being seen as like, oh, you're different from other guys. And it's like, well, are like when girls said that to me when I was dating, like in high, like not even dating, because I never felt comfortable around not just like I was uncomfortable the last years of high school just because of the sheer volume of white people I was around. Fair, because fair. I used to, I was raised in Queens and uh, in Queens, New York, which is and and in my neighborhood it used to be Irish and Italian and more Spanish. So it's not like I'm not used to seeing white people. Like one of one of my friends from Sunday school, his name was uh, his last name was Sinelli, for crying out loud. Like he was Italian AF, you know. Like my sixth grade crush was this girl named Erica, who was this tall Italian chick who was actually two inches taller than me. Um, and she was a baddie, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just saw her as a baddie. Like, I didn't even realize, sir. Because here's the, yo, here's the crazy thing, right? Like, when it came to crushes, when it came to thinking about, like, chicks I thought were, like, baddies and shit, I didn't think, like, oh, like, she's light-skinned or whatever, right? And it's, like, one of those things you don't realize until you get old. Mm -hmm, it's unconscious, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then I realized, like, oh, yeah, a lot of the girls that I liked, um, that I felt you know, uh, encouraged by my parents to like, we're like lighter skinned girls and then women growing up. Right. Um, like my, uh, to, to kind of call back to an earlier story my, I remember in the third grade, I had a science project due. So I had a, two of my classmates had to come to my house and, uh, one of them, he was my best friend at the time, this kid named Eric, Eric was, you know, tall Spanish, like curly hair, super goofy, funny, lovable kid. My dad, every time Eric came in the house, he'd always go, oh, no, make sure he doesn't take anything. And I'd be like, oh, okay, dad. And like, I never thought about it until I was older. I was like, wait, the fuck? Like, the hell? that's fucked up. Hold, hold up. Why are you worried about him taking stuff? Lauren? <laughs> Like the Filipino classmate, he was actually a bigger scumbag. Like I didn't <laughs> like that guy. No. <laughs> I, that. That guy. I would just ask my dad and be like, he took my virginity, so hold that. <laughs> hold, hold that L. <laughs> oh my gosh. But um go ahead. So I had like, I lost my chain of thought for that. <laughs> <All> right, <Russ. laughs> Oh, uh, we, we can move on to that. Yeah, we can move, move on, on to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I can ask this one. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Um, have you ever? Because I want I want to start this one because okay. I yeah, feel yeah, like me me and you have very similar 
experiences. Um, have you ever tried to hide your ethnic background and what measures did you find yourself taking to do so? And what, uh, what do you do to celebrate or appreciate your differences? Um, I have a funny story about this one. I think it's cause I worked in retail for so long and then I worked in, um, and I worked in fast food for a while too. Um, I think like we purposely tried to hide our background more from Filipinos and then we do from probably any uh, other race, to yes. be honest, in my uh, opinion. Yes. Like, when I, talk to, when I talk to a white person, they're like, oh, man, I never knew you were Filipino. I'd be like, I bet, like, I'm Filipino. Or when I talk to like, any of my black homies or any of my, or any of, just uh, any of uh, other my homies that are people of color. But then when it comes to my own race, I'm always like, no, I'm not Filipino. Uh, I'm, I'm like a mix of, like, something. I, I don't know where my family's from. <laughs> and I think it's because of just, like, the 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 culture behind it where it's always like if you're ever in retail or if you're ever fast food and you have like a filipino come up to you it's like discount kuya. oh my god are you filipino hey kuya and you're just like damn like he's gonna ask he's gonna ask for a discount and i'm gonna be kuya so mad. discount discount man and it's, it makes me so mad i remember i had a homie who was also filipino who, who i worked with and he used to get so fucking angry every time someone would ask that. I remember one time I was just like on the floor, kind of doing my own thing, just kind of like folding clothes or whatever. And he's on cash and some Filipino comes up to him and he's like, oh, are you Filipino? And he gets so angry. He starts flipping out. He's like, man, fuck this shit and goes into the back. And I'm like, I'm like, damn, bro, like what happened? Like you need to chill. Like, obviously, that's the most extreme example that I can think of. But I was just like, bro like chill he's like he was gonna ask me for the queer discount and i was like no like bro Yo, like, it's, oh, it's man. okay bro he's like, <laughs> therapy yeah. shit it's okay bro <laughs> just tell him no <laughs> uh, it's just like yeah it, i feel like the reason why us like filipinos especially filipinos that have that grew up in america or uh canadia um canadia uh, <laughs> uh the, that grew up here kind of hide it because we're just like we just don't, there's just so much annoyances and grievances that come with like just being filipino and i think that's why there's so much solidarity especially when you go back home if you've ever been if you've ever been back home there's so much solidarity between them there's such a prideful race i think it's also we get it from the americans being such a prideful country and stuff like that it just the influence but i think it's just like i yeah i don't know i think more than anything i like I sometimes find myself hiding my ethnicity from Filipinos, even though I am Filipino. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I just find that really funny. But uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, I think growing up here, especially in Canada, I don't think um, I, I personally don't try to hide my ethnic background as much because it's a lot more celebrated here than it is anywhere else. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people look at you a little bit differently, especially in Alberta. But uh, I think just being able to be a little bit more culturally diverse, especially here in Canada, it, it, they celebrate your differences a lot more here. And I think, uh, I've never really run into a super, super negative experience where I've ever, where I've actually tried to hide my ethnic background. It's always just been like, oh, you're Filipino. That's tight. Like, um, whatever, whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, just seeing like a lot of like stores like TNT and like a lot of like just like even stores downtown where they start to open like Filipino fusion restaurants or just like Filipino 
uh, or just like and Filipino cuisine starting to come into the mainstream, especially here in the in North America, is 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 a lot more kind mm-hmm. of it, it's a lot. It's really heartwarming to see that mm-hmm. our culture is finally being pushed into the mainstream, especially with like stuff like Jollibee. Like you now, it's like before you would only find a Jollibee in the Philippines, and you'd always try to go back home. But now it's like, man, you can get a Jollibee anywhere. Like just here in Calgary alone, we're traditionally a conservative kind of city. We have three fucking Jollibees here. And it's just, that's just crazy. To oh me. yeah, there like, is three I, Jollibees I, now. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's crazy to me. And I just think that's... that it's, it's tight. It's tight. Yeah, um, yeah for oh, me, oh, like... Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! I gotta have to. I gotta have to order Sorry, the the, sp- the spaghetti party pack after this. <laughs> but for for me, um, I de- definitely didn't like um come from me. But like, whenever I think Ronald uh, uh spoke on this experience earlier and how uh they didn't ask to like bring like those stinky lunches, your adobos mm. or mm-hmm. or your sinigangs or. Like my my whenever I I brought like a a sticky lunch, uh, and this is not even at school. This was like at work, so this is a couple of years ago. Um, they're like, yeah, like make sure you microwave it when like early, so that there's no one there to like smell it. You don't you don't like stink up the the lunch room. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I mean that's their loss, man. <laughs> this this shit smells good. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, but uh, when I first came to Canada when I was seven, so. I wasn't even young, so I could still speak Tagalog. Um, I, although, like, we came at that age, I was encouraged to speak English even at home. Um, even before we came, um, like, uh, to, like, I guess, prepare to immigrate, we were encouraged to, like, yeah, practice your English, blah, 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 and stuff like that. And unfortunately, now, like, um, I can't kind of hold a conversation in Tagalog. I still know words. I still know like certain phrases and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like how to greet people and stuff. But like, if you ask me to like speak to a Filipino person in the Philippines right now, like I I could not do it, bro. <laughs> oh, no. uh, I feel that. No. I feel that. But no, yeah. So I mean, mm-hmm. uh, other experiences like I fortunately was lucky enough to kind of immigrate or like be brought up in Canada in a diverse neighborhood. Yo, shout out to uh, Northeast Calgary. Out to like... Northeast, let's go, baby. <laughs> so, so like being a minority, you weren't really in the minority. Like, I feel like um, Jason's experiences and Jay's experiences kind of like um, those are like true. Like, you're the minority. Like, you're surrounded mm-hmm. by the whitest of whites and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. like, I mean, when when we were going to school stuff, right? And I think like Jay, like this, we, we can relate to like Jay's experience in like in New York, where you know you're surrounded by uh, East Asian people, like Indian people, uh, Black people, um, uh, and and whites as well. So you got kind of like the whole uh, cultural experiences, and everyone was kind of celebrated equally. And that's that's I, I feel like a lot of people uh, are are fortunate to have that kind of upbringing. Um, where you're not, where you're not really afraid to like show your culture. I feel like if you were brought up in like a, a predominantly white, majority white kind of neighborhood school, whatever, um, you're more, you're more, you're less likely to kind of be proud of of your culture or your upbringing um, because you wanted to fit in. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so yeah, I was kind of lucky, and I feel like a lot of people 
nowadays are, are kind of having this similar upbringing i feel like you go to a classroom nowadays and like you see everyone like the whole it's kind of like a uh i mean no, that's the that's not like all classrooms that's not all situations but a lot of the classrooms that, that you see here are kind of like yeah everyone's kind of represented and hopefully they're all like um have a chance to like share their upbringing or, or have a highlight on their kind of stuff but um what i do personally to like celebrate um kind of my culture is kind of i've, I've over quarantine i've been learning how to cook and stuff and <clears throat> nice a lot of the like dishes that i'm learning are, are filipinos that's kind of how like reconnecting to my culture like uh mostly it's been dessert so because <laughs> like lecha flan and like puto and like all that good yes, stuff that like mm -hmm. uh, oh, the important dishes that's what yeah I'm they're important dishes okay okay i'm just making sure there's no slander i'm sorry oh no, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> i mean i i do i do kind of want to learn like the the main dishes just so like when i grow up i can cook mm -hmm. those for like if i ever have kids or whatever yeah uh, i can like teach them like this is how good our food is and i think um I want to touch on what Ronald said and how like our cuisine and stuff has kind of been highlighted in the media and, and, and like mm -hmm. in the mainstream culture. And that's kind mm -hmm. of like, I think a really big point because for a really long time, Filipinos just been seen like, oh, they're just another, like a, a lower tier Asian country, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, like, yeah. Chinese, Japanese, Koreans are at like the top and like Filipinos. Yeah. They're just there. Um, mm -hmm. So we're really, really coming out as like a distinct, you know, we're we're not really like east asian we're not really like pacific islander we're like filipino we're our own thing so mm -hmm. that's really encouraging to see mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'd like to defer to you jason actually i'm curious to hear your experiences with this uh because my experiences in america you know i have my own but i'm curious to hear from your perspective just yeah i've been in so many um white spaces so like i've always had a different yeah. experience when it comes to <laughs> like a lot not just not just in private school either but i know just in like the dance jobs i've worked in where just like oh um, yeah yeah and i think ronald could attest to this because oh I'll yeah because like and this is a whole conversation about like k-pop in general how it like k-pop is a black culture and it has some latin american mm -hmm. uh influence and native american influence as well um but it's predominantly black that's where the culture has was born it's born in the bronx right mm -hmm. and so when it comes to like people who dance hip-hop typically there are people of color uh especially when you get to the street dance level not really the studio level right but when mm -hmm. you get to the studio level like it slowly starts to become uh white people and then the yeah. token token asian people who are more lighter in skin or the asian people who are a little more colonized right there's not really a lot of diversity with like um maybe like like, I don't see a lot of South Asians. Like, I don't see a lot of uh, Hispanics. I don't see a lot of, uh, I don't know. Yeah, just just usually just whites yeah. and then right, talking right, Asians. Right. Yeah, whites so, and okay. Asians, bro. Yeah, that, it, 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 very very common in studio culture, right? And that's been like my whole experience, uh, just kind of mm -hmm. just kind of growing up. So my my peers are, I would say, are usually are very multicultural. Like, and you know, just like mine and Ronald's friend group, like right now, like the H and D, the, the people yelling in the mm -hmm. background. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, are pretty are pretty culturally diverse. I would say we're pretty culturally diverse. Like it's, it's probably cool. the most 
like and just to attest to that, it's probably the most culturally diverse friend group I have right now. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, like it's probably one of the most welcoming groups I, I think I've I've had yeah. in, in a while. Where like, they're very, you know, we all roast each other on our own like ethic, like the big nose yeah, roast yeah, and like Mexican burrito bros and shit, whatever. <laughs> uh, like, we 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 don't get like touched by it because like you know it's. For some reason, I don't know. I think we just—it's just a culture we kind of build amongst us, and so like we're kind of cool with it. Um, but like, I have so many photos of like like staff photos where there's just like just everyone, and then there's like me, which is like a very sort of thug. and like and like you know, it's like okay, and like maybe the light doesn't help, so I look a lot more fair here, right? But especially in these photos, like you could definitely tell I have like color in my skin, and also all of them are blonde too. So I'm like the only kid oh, that's like, that's, like blonde hair. Yeah, so, yeah. I stick out like a sore thumb, and it's so weird. And like, um, I, I commented this, and this is a conversation I probably have in the future about like like hip hop hip hop classes, right? Where mm. I take hip hop classes, uh, because there's a paywall. It's kind of funny how like uh, black kids uh, who are marginalized, right? Maybe don't have the resources to afford. There's like a paywall that limits them from taking these classes, right? So a lot of the people that take these classes are like rich white kids, kids who like never took out student loans before, mm-hmm. right? So like mm-hmm. when I take when I take some of these classes, like it's just a like a hip hop, a black culture. There's usually like a there'll be a black instructor usually, but then everyone there is like white. And then I'm just there like yeah. hey, right? <laughs> and like I, I and this is the conference again a conference for another time. Cause I like I always criticize a lot of like hip hoppers in Calgary who are like very self-righteous, like, oh this is what real hip hop is, right? But thing is they had access to education and they would like patronize uh like people of color for not being cultured enough i'm like bro what the fuck like you're not even like this is not even your culture and you're kind of like you, you don't like you have your parents to pay for your dance classes like you we don't have that privilege right so we actually had to pay mm-hmm. from our pocket and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. um and also the space is not also inclusive like i've had workplaces where it's just predominantly white i've had i work with choreographers where they're like their staff like the team is mostly white and then there is like two Asian people and I'm the one Mexican in the group. Like uh, I've had like so many spaces where there's like predominantly white people, a few token Asians and then myself. Like it, it's, it's, uh, what is it? My experience has never been like very inclusive. So that's why like, I'm very glad I have my friend group right now because like technically speaking, I've never actually tried to hide my background. I'm actually known for being vocal about what I am. Cause I, a lot of people say I'm like, I'm racially ambiguous. Like I know I got mixed up for, I know a lot of people think I'm South Asian or something. Some people think I'm actually Filipino. They ask that, but usually I'm like, Hey, I'm Mexican. And I just say it like, you know, once mm-hmm. and I guess yeah. it doesn't have to repeat myself. Um, but I noticed that when I'm working in these white places, like the way I behave around, like let's say Ronald and like Vince and like my, my group of friends, like the way I behave with like my workplace, it's not like, it's not really workplace etiquette. It's more just like, I'm definitely trying to appease cause I know that eyes are watching and like, you know, I had to act a certain way to fit in, like you know, yeah. and like Vincent, like yeah, yeah. you had to, you had to behave a certain way in order to fit into that workplace, right? So to the point where like my differences uh-huh. are not really celebrated, right? And I do this unconsciously, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I, I probably say I'm Mexican, but like it's, I notice that I just, I don't really, sh- I try to make sure I don't look as Mexican as possible. I'm like, I'm trying to be articulate at all times and like very like structured, as they say, or formal, as they say, or um have proper english as they say mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah, yeah. uh because mm-hmm. like slang is not is not not cool apparently but uh yeah i i've just noticed that like I, technically speaking i have been unapologetically announcing that i'm mexican but i notice my behavior sometimes always reflect that because i sometimes i don't feel welcome in the spaces that i'm in i want to i want to share a story about that because it's so funny in high school when i moved to oregon i always considered myself a fan of hip-hop right? I always consider myself a love, 
you know, um, my favorite MC is Nas. To this day, still Nas. Queensbridge in the fucking building, first off. Um, second is, you know, I loved hip-hop music. I knew about b-boying, but I never realized, like, the terminology for elements of hip-hop and all that. I didn't learn that until I joined, until I saw her hanging out with a good friend of mine who's this little white kid, redheaded white kid named Rusty, who's like, who is a professional b-boy with, uh, uh, last I checked, he was with the Portland City Rockers. Shout out to you, Rusty. I'll see you home. Much love. Um, but you know, there's like this white kid teaching the Asian kid from New York about fucking the elements of b-boying and hit, uh, the elements of hip-hop as it relates to b-boy, right? And that's something I never, like, I'm not saying I, I would never have learned it, right? But I didn't have that opportunity around the other people I was around for a multitude of reasons. And it wasn't because we couldn't afford it or anything. And I think, like, that's a really important aspect, right? Like, it was a white person that taught to you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, like, when we talk, especially when you look at people who have, who are raised with an immigrant mindset, it's a scarcity. It's a, it's a, it's a scarce, uh, it's a scarcity mindset, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, like, it's not like we can't afford it, but if you don't need it, then why would I fucking buy it, right? Like, why would I pay $25 for this camp when it used to be free? No, I'm just going to find you something else that's free to do. You're on survival mode. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And that's what it is, right? And and I think, like, that's, that's where this huge disconnect is, right? Because I think one thing you touched on, which I really appreciated, uh, was this... What's this line between cultural pre- appreciation versus cultural appropriation, mm-hmm. right? Because there's this obvious aspect of profiting. There's this obvious aspect of um, the space. And most importantly, and more, most importantly, who are the voices that we are trying to elevate, right? Like I talk, um, when I, I moved back to New York in 2012 and I lived there up until January when I moved out here to Texas, right? And one one of the key things I learned in advocacy in, in working in community community advocacy, especially working with other communities of color, is like just understanding like, okay, well, look, I as a person of color, as a man of color, right? Like, yeah, I can be I can both simultaneously acknowledge the inequities that I was faced with, that I was raised with, um, that I have to work through. And also acknowledge the privileges afforded to me, right? Because I'm still a man. I'm a cis hetero male, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and that doesn't, and just because I, you know, I can hold space, but then there are other spots where I know, like, I want to and I need to give space and elevate the voices of others who need to be heard on other issues, right? And so I think, like, um, what's, what's that line? Where do I go as an ally? And um, and I think as a person of color, like the fact that we're always going through so many different labels and it's not just code switching, but just like, what are the implicit rules of not just the people we interact with, but the environments in which we are interacting with them in, right? Because how I'm interacting with y'all online would probably may be different from how I'm interacting with y'all at your, would definitely be intera- different from if I saw y'all at your jobs, right? Yeah. Like, exactly. I'm not going to be like, yo, what's up, Magic? 
I'm not gonna call critique hard or hardly working. <laughs> <laughs> I got him. Who the dad, fellow youth? <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but, you know, but you know, and I think like one of the, the craziest things about it is just I think about this um, because in in our education system here in america especially in lower income neighborhoods right like a systemic one thing we see is like they're always especially in the case of um the police teachers and, and teachers are two cases I, I i see this i saw this a lot of i saw a lot of this excuse me was there's a lot of teachers or a lot of people who serve or police officers who are serving their community but they don't fucking live in that community like they live in New Jersey, which is across literally a river away, or they live, they don't even live in New York City proper. They live in Long Island, which is technically New York State, but you're, it's like a 40, 50 minute drive away. And so when you don't work in the communities you live with, right, there's this aspect of like othering, right? Like, and not just that, but then you, there's like this implicit bias of like, oh, well, I am being a savior to these people, right? There's this white savior them or like, oh man, like why can't these people just get it together, right? Um, and I realized like that's just something that I, I had to work through as a youth it, and even now as a man and even still today as a man, like navigating through these different environments, right? Where uh, now I have a job in the tech industry, which is predominantly white and, mm -hmm. you know, white and male. And so I, I attribute, you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm going to be able to find success, but like, I have to find, I'm still navigating that myself. Right. And, um, and I think it's like a really interesting thing. Um, and, and that's just, and I just appreciate that even though I am, uh, yeah, you know, all of you, the three of you are North of the border of me, like, there was still a lot of universality and a lot of commonality with our shared experiences. Um, and I appreciate that. And thank you for, again, just sharing and just having me here, y'all. I appreciate mm -hmm. it. I appreciate <laughs> it, man. Uh, I, guess to, I, I guess like one fun question to like um, uh, tie it back. I mean, like we could relate it back to our first question. Uh, how was like favorite ethnic dish from your homeland? I guess like what's, uh, is there like a specific tradition or um, like thing that, I don't know, like Mexicans or Filipinos do that's your like favorite or that you always have fun or um, or or that you always like look forward to whenever your family like gets together, does this one thing or I think so, so, uh, I think yeah, I, I, think I can start. Yeah, I think um, the one thing that I really, really love about Filipino culture that I always come to, and I think it's just because it's like October and it's and like Christmas is coming up, but like how just... crazy Filipinos go for like Christmas and like how much they love Christmas and uh, like how it really is like not even just like a one family thing. It's like a it's like a whole like family tree thing where you invite mm. all your like aunties and uncles and you invite your grandma, your great grandma, like your fourth twice removed cousin like it doesn't matter because like under that umbrella you're all family and you just all get into one house and you all just have gifts for each other and you guys just or it's like not even a house sometimes like they'll rent out like cultural centers just for these like parties and 
I think that's the one thing that I kind of look for, look towards in the year, especially um, when it comes closer to like New Year's and like Christmas and all that stuff. Like just that whole concept of you know Christmas and how important it is to Filipinos, like the parole, uh, the paroles and the um, and like the Christmas tree and like the whole like Jesus like loving thing and stuff like that, like my family isn't necessarily super super catholic or christian but as soon as christmas rolls around my mom is just like i love jesus and i'm just like damn <laughs> but uh yeah i know one of my favorite things about like filipino culture is christmas always always will be because of uh just the fond memories that i have behind it mm -hmm. as well yeah I, I definitely second that i mean like every uh i mean since I moved to Canada, like most of my family is back in the Philippines. Uh, but when we did like get together, it was, it was always so fun. Like, you know, setting off fireworks and like the road, mm -hmm. trying mm -hmm. not to like get your arm blown off <laughs> <laughs> all the food, all the, like the Noche Buena and like all that, uh, you just, yeah, it's yeah. just like a family event, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's like, a mm -hmm. where like one or one period in the year or a couple of days, like you don't have to worry about work. You don't have to worry about um, whatever else is going on in your life. You're just surrounded by family. And I think that's kind of like one aspect of, of Filipino culture that kind of like I do miss since uh, most of my family is in the Philippines. But like when you go back um, to the Philippines, kind of like they welcome you with like open arms. And that's kind of like, uh, mm -hmm. some something that I enjoy as well. It's always a fun time when when I when I go back and and yeah, just like yeah, that, that aspect of of family is kind of like one thing I really appreciate from Filipino culture. So yeah, mm -hmm. awesome, awesome. I can go. Oh, um, or do you want to go? Okay, okay. No, I'm, I'm trying to think. Still, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no worries, no worries. Yeah, because uh, because I was gonna say because like because I was like. Grew up in like a practical and everything. A lot of these traditions were actually lost, and so like Ronald basically took my only option of the you know family <laughs> gatherings of holidays because like that's literally yeah, the only yeah. experience I have of like uh, like Hispanic uh, like celebrations. Um, the thing is like when we emigrated to Canada, uh, we have no cousins, no extended family besides just the four of us. So it's just me, my mom, my brother, and my dad. So just the four. Those are the four like Hispanics in our family, right? Oh. So when we do family gatherings, they're usually with a family friend. And so it's almost like family. Mm -hmm. We don't really do this as much anymore because I think the families have drifted apart and like my parents are also not that social and they got a lot busy doing other things and also because of COVID, you know, whatever. Uh, and, you know, kids are getting older as well. And yeah. But one of the things we used to do is like always celebrate Christmas, New Year's together, Thanksgiving together. And like we would just like, you know, it would just be a vibe because it would be a bunch of Hispanic dishes and like, you know, uh, we would just like, we would, well, it's funny because we also watched like the, the Pacquiao fights even though like, you know, He's Filipino, <laughs> and we watch like we watch. Uh, we we will see how Filipinos hold resentment towards Hispanics because like Marquez like knocked him out that one oh, time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, and they're like, hey, that was, an epic, that was an epic contest. Okay. Like, it was, I know it was us. Like, hey, I I, yeah. I empathize you. I know it was kind of sad to see, you, but like, hold this out. <laughs> hold that. <laughs> but uh, it was just like, things things like that, like watching fights together. Uh, I was never really into soccer. I tried it when I was younger. I fucking hated it. I just I didn't want to do it anymore i was like fuck man i can't kick this ball with my feet and then i ended up becoming a dancer and you know not using my feet a lot um yeah but like yeah usually my my favorite family or favorite uh ethnic tradition was just the the actual family component of like you know hanging out with a bunch of uh hispanic people in the room you know mm.
That's awesome. Um, you know, it's funny. I, uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure if you asked me this question a year ago, I would have said the same thing. Um, I have such a, I have such a melancholic, uh, melancholy experience with family. Uh, I think I'm the youngest of nine kids. Um, there's been a lot of changes I've made in my life to where uh, it's led me to here uh, and starting over in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So I guess the, the cop out is not a cop out. The easiest way is like I could think about the concept of family and what it meant for me as a child and how it, how I related it to my identity as a Filipino child. And it was one of the few times where I could be unapologetically Asian and enjoy rice and enjoy, you know, uh, all the stupid stuff that, you know, just like hanging out with cousins and playing and, you know, like you enjoy, it, it's one of those few moments, uh, the holidays were just one of those rare times where I could be unapologetically more so than anything, just a child. Right. Um, and, uh, I think that, that, I, I guess that would be it. Um, the concept of family though, for me, it's, it's something I've had to, uh, constantly redefine. And, uh, I found myself in a position where, uh, how I define it now is very different from how I defined it a year ago. Uh, not just who I have in there, but who I consider the, the prerequisites to consider someone in that circle, mm -hmm. I guess as well. So, um, more than blood, it's, yeah. you know, it's what you considered. Yeah. 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 Family. yeah. I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, uh, that and, um, you know, my cousins were always much better off. So I just remember going to a cousin's house in New Jersey and like we go out and just eat. And I'm just thinking about food now because I'm hungry. <laughs> and that McDonald's around. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, uh, <laughs> yo, we're going to turn this into one of those Team Wista podcasts. <laughs> no, the mukbangs, bro. The mukbangs. <laughs> No, please. I remember playing like, a whole computer the other night. Oh my god, bro, that was not many, so many many clips were produced from that stream. That was the most mustiest like get together we've ever done. <laughs> but the content, the, the content, content, the content. Always for the content. Anyway, so all right, so we've been recording for an hour and a half, an hour and forty. So uh, I guess we can call it there again. Thank you, Jay, for joining us on this podcast yeah. and your wise words. Uh, we really appreciate oh, it. Um, if you want, you can uh, uh, plug yourself one more time, or where where people can oh, catch you. Uh, I yeah, uh, you can. I stream once a week. Uh, Mental Health Mondays on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash JRPT. Uh, also, uh, you can find me on my socials, JR the PT Gamer. And uh, I love the sound of my own voice. So please give me an opportunity to keep doing this, blessing you with my voice. Yes, sir. Stay humble. <laughs> <laughs> stay hungry, stay humble. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, uh, stay hungry. Stay hungry. Hey, 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 hey
you stay scheming. Oh man. All right. Well, anyways, catch you guys in the next episode. Um, catch you guys. Catch you guys. Take, take care of yourselves. Yo. All right. Bye. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Peace. Thank you. Be well.